Off top, Pluto has ice volcanoes. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. All right, welcome to the Dominique Foxworth Show presented by Allstate. You got to do the hands every time you say Allstate. Yeah, Allstate. All right, so you got a hell of a job on your hands. You got to segue off of ice volcanoes. Apparently, they've been dormant for quite some time, but at one point, volcanoes on Pluto erupted water, ice, and some substances similar to ammonia and methane. Um, the Jets' offense has also <laughs> been dormant for many, many years and continued today. I like it. Can we just call the Jets offense the um, ice volcano? Yes. Yeah, from here on out. The cryocano, the Jets mm-hmm. offense. All right. Okay, so what we're going to do to start the show, we got Bill Barnwell coming up. We're going to dig into a lot of the results from this week, but we're going to check in with our and everyone's overreactions from week one and see how they play just a week later. Um, first one. This one's from you. All right. The Jets are already all in. So they need to trade for a quarterback. Never been more writer. Like, yeah, that what we saw from uh, Zach Wilson this week did not instill any confidence. I nailed it. Um, He, the postgame press conference for him and Robert Sala was so uncomfortable. And I couldn't help but juxtapose my memory of Robert Sala doing all his tough talk in his introductory press conference, talking about how we're all in behind Zach after last week's game, all of his um, get pumped press conference or um, get pumped pregame speeches during um, hard knocks. Juxtapose that with the Robert Sala sad face that I am tired of looking at since Monday night. He's just so defeated and so dejected. And the crazy or the saddest thing I think about the Jets is our biggest concern seems like it's happening. The concern was because they already have so much like bad feelings about yeah. Zach Wilson, if things go bad, this thing could unravel. And we saw the strength of this team, their defense play poorly and get kind of pushed around by the Cowboys. And then after the game, we really saw like the unraveling begin where a sauce Gardner is upset. So he went dark on Twitter after people were kind of trolling him for CeeDee Lamb having a good game. And we saw Brees Hall post a tweet of four footballs in reference to the four carries that he got. It Zach just, Wilson had five rushes. And, oh, he had fewer. Oh, that's not great. That's not a great plan. So, yeah, it, it, that's the sad part to me for this team. So, yeah, they're going to have to do something. It seems pretty obvious that they're not going to be able to get where they want, even if he starts to play better. It feels like this team is defeated. You know what the, defeated. one of the sad things was is, like, the guys didn't even pile on Zach Wilson. Like, Sala and Brees Hall were just like, yeah, Zach played pretty well. And Zach Wilson was like, I thought I was seeing it well for the first three quarters. Um, so it's not it's not even like the brash Zach Wilson blaming everyone else from from the last couple seasons where people are like his teammates are like this guy after yeah. after the games. This is like a, a new level of like Peter mania. I, uh, yeah, I did. Um, in listening to the postgame press conference, Robert Sala also said on offense, we didn't make a single play, Yeah, <laughs> which is like they did make a single play because Garrett Wilson made that one touchdown. touchdown. But uh, in the second half in particular. So, yeah, I think this is there's not much to talk about with them. No. This team is uh, emotionally, it seems, spent. And when you build everything around one particular player and he goes out, you're going to have to do something drastic to save this team and. Zach's not going to be it. We're going to get so many cryptic social media messages from Rogers over the next few months as he as he sort of teases a comeback by mid January. Yeah, that's absurd, man. Like I don't know. Well, I guess he didn't put that out there. This is other people putting it out there, but like, just I, I feel like it's a bad idea to put the pressure or put the idea out there that you're going to come back. But I guess if they're not in playoff condition, there's no reason to rush it back. And it seems like given, well, maybe I'm overreacting. The Cowboys are really good. Maybe they'll bounce back. It's just so hard to imagine given how bad things got for them last year with Zach Wilson at quarterback and how bad things seem like they're about to start getting with him at quarterback again. Uh, Yeah, there's nothing Aaron Rodgers wants to do more than say that he knows better about modern medicine than everyone else and come back faster with the surgery. Um, All right, next one. Oh, gosh. Um, Last week, we just assumed that, you know, the Bengals will be fine. 
Joe Burrow. Yeah, less confident about yeah, that. Yeah, he's that hurt position. again. Yeah, because he is hurt again. That's a big reason why. And they didn't play well um, in this game at all. There was the whole Joe Burrow, uh, Joe Cool thing is not shining through on the field right now. Their weapons are not playing well against a depleted um, Ravens secondary. You would have thought, and I thought, that they were going to have yeah. uh, a much better time of it going against this beat-up Ravens team. But the Ravens were, at least for the first half, were destroying Joe Burrow. His numbers ended up being better. Destroying Joe Burrow in, like, in man coverage against those receivers in many times and like coming out overall on top. Um, they gave up some plays in the second half. They gave up more plays when the game was out of reach. It did not at any point seem like this team is going to be a legitimate contender and that's what you expect when your quarterback goes down so yeah I I was wrong and I think most of people assumed that they would bounce back but they have no chance until Joe Burrow is feeling healthy and playing right I mean last year Joe Burrow said our Super Bowl window as long as is as long as I'm here and that's this season is actually part of it because if he can't play they're cooked he left out healthy I'm here <laughs> yeah. and healthy yeah um other side of that coin the Todd Munkin offense didn't look any more effective than Greg Roman's scheme. Yeah. Last week, we noticed how slow the offense looked, how many mistakes Lamar was making. Yep, we were wrong. They are incredible. And Zay Flowers is the number one receiver. Yeah. He's, fully oh, he's the taken first it. number one Lamar's ever had. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, I mean, I think um, Bateman was a true number one, but he got hurt. Yeah. He's healthy. Or he's out there now. I don't know how healthy he is. They lost Odell Beckham in this game. That Shocker. team always has so, so many injuries. It's disappointing and frustrating. But the fact of the matter is they always have a lot of injuries and they always end up playing pretty well. And yeah, I think that. Lamar looked comfortable throwing the deep ball. Uh, he was moving well, running, and creating the dynamic that puts the pressure on defense. This offense looked really good. The defense played really well. This team was one of the teams that I was high on before the season started, and watching them against Houston gave me some pause. However, it was the first game without true preseason, and they were incredible in this game against a team that, granted, uh, Burrow was hurt. It's still a really talented team that is battle-tested and – and they look good against him. Yeah, and I mean, Lamar got rid of the ball faster. And he faced a nine, a career low 9.1% pressure rate. Wow. I didn't know that. That O-line played well, too. Huh? Yeah, without the starting center and left tackle. Well, they are used to injuries. They're used to bouncing back. So, yeah, uh, we were wrong about that, thinking that it was going to take some time. They played well against a, a well-coached and talented defense. So, yeah, I think uh, – my original feelings about that offense feel a lot more true. And we saw the things that we wanted. We saw them spread it out. We saw them attack deep down the field. The things that you want opposite a threat like Lamar is you want them to be concerned about the deep passes and the wide parts of the field because then if you want to, you can run a draw with Lamar, which they actually did, and it was yeah. pretty effective. So, yeah, they look good. We were a little wrong about that one. Well, it's also like it had been legitimately concerning how like Lamar's play had been trending over the last couple of years and see him have like a – Vintage, like I'm awesome game it was great. Um, next one, we were you weren't on this one, but a lot of people online were. Uh, people last week saying Josh Allen is bad now. That was that was an easy one to take. Yeah, he, he had a disappointing game against the Jets, but and then people were bringing up all of his turnovers over the last yeah. several years, and they were like leaving out the fact that he had more touchdowns than everyone too. And yeah, I, I don't have to rehash my Josh Allen opinions is yeah he's going to give you some low floors and high ceilings but he's going to give you enough high ceilings to compensate for the low floors there were much fewer mistakes in this game from Josh Allen he was outstanding and incredible and it was against the Raiders which is how awesome was it when he tried to hurdle that guy from like four yards out and just got headbutted right in the junk so sick of him doing that though that's the thing you I get, love it I, I yeah he really turns into somebody else and I don't understand it. it I love it too I'm not a fan of him but I can imagine I'm not a fan of that team yeah but I can imagine if I was a fan of the team how frustrated the fans must be because he can't seem to understand like get it through your head we don't win the Super Bowl on every play like some plays it's okay to just I legit thought you were gonna say he doesn't understand that he cannot jump from eight yards out and make it to the end zone. yeah but that's the point it's like I get taking risky yeah, he doesn't understand either. But I get taking incredibly risky plays when the situation warrants it. But every play is not – and he just can't turn it off. It's kind of like how you think you want, like, your nose tackle to play. It's like, all right, yeah, every play full speed, nose tackle. Yeah, whatever's in front of you, destroy it, every play. Like, we don't need you to be calculated. Push those guys around. 
clog up the middle, destroy the quarterback, no matter what, come off the ball hard. No, your quarterback sometimes, hey, as the manager, the general of this situation, don't act like a Mike linebacker. Don't solve every problem by doing the most risky thing that you can possibly do. It's, and I guess you just have to accept it. It's been long enough. He's not going to change. He's just who he is. It's going to be a roller coaster ride for the Bills fans. So enjoy these highs because you're going to get a week where he does what he did last week again at some point. Literally the defensive end from the movie The Program. <laughs> was that Latimer? Or Latimer was the middle linebacker, right? Uh, you don't remember the name. No, no, Mac was the linebacker. Oh, Latimer that's was right, the defensive right, end. Right, you Latimer, nailed it. Yeah. Place at the table. Yeah. Place at the table. <sighs> um, next one. I think he nailed this one. Bijan Robinson is the best running back in the NFL. Yeah, I said that last week. He just looked different, and maybe it was a bit hyperbolic, but uh, it doesn't feel as hyperbolic now. The numbers he put up in this game were incredible, but it's not even the numbers, which I assume you're going to give me right now. No, the, the uh, number is that he was so good that Arthur Smith actually gave his good players the football. <laughs> yeah, it's just watching him, I think, yeah. is the thing that is most impressive. Because last week... He played well. He had that one big highlight. But the fact that it matters when you watch all of the times he touches the ball, the way that he moves with the ball, it looks different than most other running backs. And I think that Christian McCaffrey, Saquon, healthy Saquon Barkley, are the only other players that I see in his stratosphere from that position. So I told you this before the show, but I was like legitimately had like a sad boy Friday night and was just watching vintage uh, running back highlights on YouTube. And I went from like Barry Sanders, Bo Jackson, USC Reggie Bush for a couple of hours, some Dill Divine high school highlights. And I actually was like, God, it kind of sucks that there aren't running back highlights like this anymore. Cause the way the position is, it's like, Nope, we got Bijan. We're good. Another the rescue. Yeah, he's incredible. And this team, they got a big win against the Packers, the team that we thought was really good with a quarterback. And I mean, I think the Packers are really good. And yeah. I think the Packers still have a chance to win their division, even though the um, the Lions are probably the favorite. But the yeah. Packers are good. The, the Falcons getting a good win against a good team is credit to the weapons around that offense because I don't think that – the answer is Ritter there, no, but they're, yeah. they're, they're making it easy for him. They're playing good defense, good enough defense. And Bichon, like, that's the point. And the point that I always make is it takes pressure off of your quarterback when you have great players that can make big plays and challenge the defense without asking your quarterback to make miraculous throws time after time. Imagine how much easier it would be if they actually gave the ball to their generational tight end every <laughs> once in a while when he's wide open. No, see, that's the problem. you got to throw it to him. <laughs> Good point. You can hand it to Bijan. So you can screen it to Bijan. You can do lots of different ways to get the ball to Bijan that are less risky and require your quarterback to do simpler things. All I get right. so frustrated and sad watching Kyle Pitts not catch touchdowns. Yeah. Um, for for right. you, I imagine how Kyle feels. It's true. Demand a trade. Um, next one. Uh, the Vikings are frauds again. Probably shouldn't drink when in the middle you ask me questions uh, or you uh, present and takes. Um, did anyone say that they weren't? No. Okay. Yeah. This is yeah. yeah. This right. is not a hot take to discuss. Yeah. No one. I mean, they can't be frauds because no one believed that they were. No yeah. one serious believed that they were good. Did they? Did we? No. I mean, the only thing interesting about the Vikings is will they move Kirk Cousins to yeah. the Jets? And I assume that uh, the Jets have made some calls and some inquiries to figure out if he will tomorrow. Yeah. And the price is going up. If they if they have not, they will tomorrow. And yeah, their negotiating position just went way down after how desperate they obviously are. Um, and the last one before we get to our good buddy Bill, this was one for me, and uh, it was uh, last week. I said that Anthony Richardson should be the first, should have been the first overall pick. This week, he looked pretty good, pretty awesome, but then went out with the concussion. Yeah, the concussion was a bit of a problem. Um, yeah, the head against the ground, you can't do anything about that, but let's focus on the bright side. Yeah, his ceiling is the highest, and I, as you, I'll let you make this argument because this is your account to take a victory lap on. It seems like we're two weeks in, and you seem absolutely right because of the things that I know you're about to say right now. Well, so I think you can still make a, an argument for Jalen Carter based on the first two weeks because that guy like clearly looks like a top-of-the-draft guy. But, like, okay, Anthony Richardson's detractors were like, he might just suck. That's with Shane Sykin's system. Immediately, he already does not suck. And the people, myself included, who thought he was going to be good, thought that he was going to have some modest stat lines but some, like, really big flash plays and then he's going to grow into being a consistent quarterback. He's already like pretty good. Like he's already pretty solid. He already makes like sane decisions back there and he's already been made comfortable by Shane Steichen. And so if that's the floor when you have someone who's 6'4, 
240 and runs a 435 and can take like his second touchdown where he got concussed. He was just running by people to get the corner. And if that's the case, like we might see someone who is pretty awesome by the end of this season and early next year. Yeah. I mean, normally it's high risk, high reward with a guy like that. It yeah. seems like the risk is gone. Seems like the the floor is is mediocre, which is great. And maybe he develops into um, all pro MVP level quarterback at some point. But that potential is there. I think your point is in the draft last year, that potential was not realistically realistically there for any quarterback. Other no, than him. no. And like, look, he's Vernon Davis with a cannon. Yeah, like, it's ridiculous. It's pretty good comparison. Vernon, did I tell you about the time where uh, Vernon was almost going to fight me? No. Oh, it's terrible. What happened? Um, so uh, Josh Wilson, the name that came up last week, a corner that I played with in Maryland, played at NFL for a while. So I was a senior on the team. Vernon was, I guess, a sophomore, and he was like yeah. a great player, had a great rookie or freshman year, and he was like one of the stars on our team. And we had a practice during training camp that was just helmets. And so you just tag off. Yeah. And Vernon made a big catch. Um, Josh came up to like tag him off and Vernon ran through him, knocked Josh on his back. And so I'm like the senior leader on a team, all American guy. Like it's my responsibility to like regulate things to some degree. And so I saw this happen. I was like, guess I got to do this. So I run and blindside Vernon and knock him down. Then I'm standing there like, huh? I hope they break this up before I catch this whooping. But it's something I had to do. But Vernon got up and in true Vernon fashion, just jog back to the huddle. And we just kept practicing. Never did be discussed again. Never spoken about. So if you we, No, I, if I said something to Vernon about it, it'd be the first time we talked about it next time I see him. We've always been cool. It's just like, I guess he just did the calculus in his head. I was wrong. I deserve retribution. That happened. Let's move on. All right. Can, speaking of moving on, let's move on to a talk with our good buddy, Bill Barnwell. This is going to be fun. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com DF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot DF. Now let's talk about the play of the week, the pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish, shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, welcome in our good friend Bill Barnwell into what is, I don't know what to term what's happening here, but it feels magical. I don't think that anything can go wrong. This is the best show that's ever happened, and it hasn't happened yet. All right, Bill, welcome. Hey, bud. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. Charlie, what you got for us? <laughs> it's the best. It is the um, best. All right, guys. Let's start with them Cowboys. After two weeks, Ooh. the Cowboys and their defense looks spectacular. Are you willing to call the Cowboys the best team in the NFL? Um, it's hard to argue against it, considering the fact that I think Bill and I both were high on them coming into the season. I picked them to win the NFC, and you put confirmation bias alongside two dominating wins. I don't know what else we can, what other conclusion we can come to. And then we look at the other teams who are supposed to be in that same class: the 49ers, uh, the Eagles, the uh, the Bills were better this week. The the mm -hmm. Chiefs, like all these other teams that are supposed to be in that class, no one's put together two weeks nearly as good as the Cowboys defense or the Cowboys as a whole, right, Bill? True, but nobody else got to play Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson the first two weeks of the year. And the, uh, the Cardinals 
had Daniel Jones in hell for half a game this week, which I know they played better in the second half. I'm not sure that Giants offense is exactly what we expected heading into week so, two. So, I, I, I mean, they, they've done exactly what they needed to do. They've looked dominant. There's been maybe a couple plays here and there, like the one Garrett Wilson touchdown this week. But they look great on defense, and I think we all maybe expected that. But I think it's fair to say they look better on offense than maybe we were giving them credit for heading into the season. Which is why I'm confused at how you are pumping the brakes on this. Is there a winning a point margin that they could have reached? Because it feels like no matter what <laughs> that they've done, you would come in this uh, and pour a little water on the Cowboys. There is no if I told you before the season started that they would have these two mm -hmm. dominant games against NFL teams like <laughs> they are playing against. This is not a college FCS team. You don't do this. <laughs> in the NFL team, no matter how bad teams are, no one beats anybody 40 to zero. That doesn't happen. And then follow up with a team, a, a, a game against the Jets who played pretty well against a contender. What? Why are you? This is true. Is, is, I'm just, is Zach Wilson I'm just NFL thinking about, quarterback? Yeah, I'm thinking about Rob, uh, Adam Sheffield's tweet from this morning where Robert, I had like a, a quote from Robert Sala. He's like, Robert Sala thinks three things are important to winning football games, running the ball, playing good defense, and special teams. And it's like, well, yeah, that's true. You also want to have a quarterback who you're not terrified to have throw passes. And that did not okay. seem to be a solution. This is the only this place on earth where Cowboys hype is not something we're diving into. We normally, as a Do media in playoffs, industry, Dak. we build up the Cowboys to a point higher than they deserve. They won 70 to 10 in back-to-back -back <laughs> weeks against NFL teams. I'm sorry. Like, uh, the Jets defense is still the Jets defense. And they kind of did sure. what they wanted with that defense that we saw be incredibly dominant the week before. Okay, Zach Wilson, not great. But they did what you do against a not great quarterback. Daniel Jones, not great. They did what you do against a not great quarterback. I don't understand how we do not come to the conclusion after two weeks. And it's not like this came out of nowhere. This is a team that we knew was good. And they confirmed it. How are they not the best team? Bill, Bill, did you away hold on, Bill? Did you see that Dominique possible. did uh, aggregate scoring? He went full Champions yes, League. He did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Real football, uh, baby. The, yeah, on, on away points, the Cowboys are the best team. <laughs> In football. No, I mean, I don't disagree. I do think the Cowboys have been the best team in football through two weeks. But to me, that's more about all the other teams at the very top of the NFL kind of disappointing or having a mediocre game. Like the Cowboys, they were good in this game, but Dak missed one throw in the end zone for a touchdown. They kicked a hell of a lot of field goals in this game. They were not good in the red zone against the Jets. It felt like this was a good performance, but because no one's put together two good performances in back-to-back -back games, we're elevating the Cowboys because they're the one team that's maybe lived up to expectations. Okay, I'm not sure what you're supposed to do other than elevate the one team that's done what they're supposed to do. You elevate, <laughs> like, they, that's what you do. Okay, no, you're no, saying we're no, making a mistake no. by having one team that's lived up no, to no, expectations. No, no. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. Dominique, yes, the Cowboys have been the best team in football through two weeks. Okay. But do you... Do you actually feel different about them now? Yes. Because this of is how the they played the few weeks than you did before the season? Um, no, I don't think actually feel differently about them. But that's the go. point. I think I couldn't have asked for a better play or better games. I do feel slightly different about the rest of the teams, though. And that matters. So the Cowboys, I would say they're within the margin of error for what I expected. They're on the high end of it, but not enough for me to say, oh, they're even better than I thought. This is how good that all of us thought that they could be if they put it all together. And they've put it all together. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, all the other teams that are capable of reaching Cowboys-level success – have not put it all together. So how we get to the point where those two things are happening at the same time and we're like, nah, maybe not. Wait, let's see one more week. Like, you guys are just haters, and it's fine. It's, it's okay. It keeps it going. It well, makes me have the, the easy winning position of saying, hey, you know the team who's kicking everybody? They're good. Thank you, guys. They play the Cardinals next week, so it's not going to change the, the opinion, <laughs> but the aggregate score is going to be ridiculous. Oh, no, Dominique, my question. Uh -huh. On a neutral field, playoff game right now, do you actually think they're better than the Chiefs, 49ers, or Eagles? Yeah. 
Yeah, I do. On a neutral field. Mm. I love it on a neutral field. What the hell is a neutral field? <laughs> Get out of here. Um, so, yes, Super I do. Bowl. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> whatever. Neutral field, like the pH, is that what we're talking about? That's like right. the acidity of the field? Yeah, on a neutral field, the Cowboys are better. On a, a positive field, on a negative field, on an acidic <laughs> field, the Cowboys are better. Because I watch what they did against everybody that they've played. And I've watched how the Chiefs have struggled in two games. Yeah, they're better. And I've watched how the Eagles have struggled in two games that they should not have struggled in. Dominique, if it's Mutant League football and they're playing in space, are the Cowboys better? <laughs> uh, now now I got some questions. We got some, we have a problem with the ball staying in the air a little too long for Dak up there. I don't know if he's Dak. got the arm strength to cut through zero gravity. Too many space interceptions. <laughs> I, I think the Cowboys have proven that we can keep our expectations high. But it all still kind of feels like we have to see them against tougher competition. The, the question of years past has never been, hey, can they beat bad football shut teams? Up. We know they can beat bad football teams. You know I'm right. The shut up wasn't for but, you. I'm sorry, Bill. The, the shut up was for Charlie. <laughs> because you guys are uh, – uh, it's it's impossible. Okay. Yes. They, if they lose in the second round of the playoffs, again, you guys can march out here and talk bad about them. But until then, we have to be honest about what we're seeing. And what we're seeing is the best team in football, being the best team in football. Mike McCarthy obviously spent all his off seasons getting smart on stats and uh, analytics and is showing in his game plan. <laughs> well, should we talk about the best, maybe the best player in football? Because that gets to our next segment. Sure. All right. And now it's time for our good hands moments presented by Allstate. You got to do, no, you got to do the hands. You can't say it and not do the hands. Presented by Allstate. There we go. Okay. All right, you can put them down now. <laughs> Michael, I don't know what to do with my hands anymore. <laughs> um, the, you know, a little behind the kimono. Uh, one of our producers told me I was terrible with my hands and I'd be good, at, good with my hands in about a year and then on, the, on screen. And now and I don't the, know what to do. And the perfect thing is the Allstate logo. So now we know what to do with your hands. Anytime you get confused with your hands, just Allstate it. We're going to mm. make this into a touchdown dance. Yeah. We'll talk somebody into doing the All-State touchdown dance. I'm going to take this read from we the got, top. <laughs> can, can, can we buy somebody to do the All-State touchdown dance? Like, yeah. like, 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 can't, like cameo, but for touchdown dance. I dances? love it. Yeah. I'm down. We yeah. can find somebody. We yeah. can find somebody. We can get like, Bra like, like Braxton Berrios. There has to be maybe. a Terp, no, I feel like a terp that will score a touchdown this season. DJ Moore. Well, Diggs. DJ, oh, Diggs. Yeah, ah, Diggs. DJ. Yeah, Diggs is right because he'll score enough touchdowns. Yeah. That he'll throw us a dance. He'll throw us an All-State dance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. All right, and read now, from the top. Read from the top. And now it's time for our good hands moments presented by Allstate. Two sacks, three tackles <laughs> for a loss, three pressures, four quarterback hits, a pass deflection, and a forced fumble. We're talking about Micah Parsons. And my Oof. question for this Allstate good hands moment is, is Micah Parsons the most impactful non-quarterback in the NFL? Uh, Tyreek Hill is currently playing against uh, the Patriots. I don't know what he's doing at this moment, but we will by the time this goes up, and maybe that'll change the way that I feel. But as of now, the thing that is fresh in my mind is watching Micah Parsons completely dominate this game, create sacks, create sacks for other people, create sacks for himself, create interceptions, and also not create a fumble in recovery by his presence actually physically rip the ball out and jump on like in the course of one game it's very rare that one player who is not the quarterback can have so many pivotal plays tied to his presence and for whatever reason there were a couple times that they single blocked that man I don't know their their protection schemes but I do know that they can see the number 11 and wherever he is slide the line damn it slide the line chip him something right Bill chip him just chip him Anything. it's hard because he moves all over you can't rely on him being in one spot you know that's you my can point say, wherever sure, he is sideline to him. right but it's easy it's harder if he's moving in the middle he's so good on twists and stunts that and if he has some things set up for him on the edge and if he sidelines his way you can still have uh him creating opportunities he's so fast moving once he gets going that i i, I don't think it's that simple i would love it if it was that simple but i think it's harder to block him <laughs> than it's been to block anybody since JJ Watt. I, I think I think Aaron Donald Ooh. was right in that discussion, but I think JJ Watt was unblockable in a way that Micah Parsons feels right now. Oh, that's that's spicy. That is spicy. I, I mean, I thought you were gonna. You're not gonna fall into the obligatory Lawrence Taylor reference. You're gonna go JJ Watt, huh? You're not gonna go Nothing. with the 
athletic built black man, which is normally the reference that people make to uh, Michael Parsons. I like that. You're a, a top notch. An ally. Oh, uh, I know. I'll take an ally too. The, um, the thing that blows my mind is, okay, so I, I get it. He moves around. You can have multiple protections and you can base sure. your protection off of where he is aligned. He does not do sure. a lot of like pre-snap movement. It's not like starting on the right and running all the way over to the left and then putting his hand down. You know, so like sure. you know where he is. The offensive line can do can um push the protection in one direction. The reason why I say chip him or do something is not even that you think you're going to stop him, but it's also just feels like to save face. Cause that was we. I said in the room, we all watched it together, me and a bunch of the producers, and I said. What are the chances? I think it was after he already had a sack and yeah. a bunch of pressures. I was like, what do you think the percentage chances are that he gets another sack? The room said landed on 90%. The very next play, he was in an isolation block with the right tackle, and we all called it at the snap of the ball when he was manned up on him like Allen Iverson against Michael Jordan, and he gave him the ah, 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 and then got to the quarterback. We all were like, oh, yep. The uproar and laughter. It was hilarious. And that's my point. It's hard for me to walk into. Uh, it's like if your car gets robbed or broken into and you're like, did you lock it? Nah. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're going to at least have to break the glass to take my bag out. That's how I feel about Micah Parsons and my quarterback. You're going to at least have to shatter the windshield to get in and get my quarterback. But they're like, nah, let's leave it unlocked. See what Micah do. Micah's a menace. I just love that you turn that bum lineman into Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a I, I was trying to think of an iconic crossover. Man, I'm riffing here. We just freestyling. I was trying to think of you got a more iconic crossover with someone who is uh, comparable. He's not a bum lineman. He's an NFL. How dare you? I, I feel Ty like Lue? he's the Tyron Lue of the situation. Yeah. No, Ty Lue. Oh, yeah. You're getting stepped over. Oh, fair mm -hmm. point. Ty Lue, I, one of the I, best I, coaches I, in basketball right now. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> he, he could win eight. He, he could be the head coach of the year eight times in a row. It does not matter. I, I do that step over to my dog every day, and <laughs> my dog never even knows it. But it wasn't a crossover at the point. But anyway, we're getting, no. we're getting away from the NFL and away from uh, our boy, the good hands uh, player. Uh, what is it? Read it again. Mike. Our good hands moments presented oh. by Allstate. Shout Michael out Parsons. He's terrifying. He is terrifying. All right, guys, next topic. Um, did today's win over the Jaguars give you more or less confidence in the Chiefs? Bill, I want you to go first. That's a good question. Yeah. I, I think both in a strange way. Because I think unless uh, NFL teams are going to extend the end zone to be 12 yards deep because the Jaguars have like five touchdowns that would have been would have counted <laughs> with a slightly larger end zone. Um, you know, I felt like the defense really gave a good accounting of itself against a, a great offense in the Jaguars, an offense that was really impressive in the second half of last season into the postseason. And they were OK. We went against the Colts, but still hit a lot of big plays against the Colts in week one. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot to like about this offense. And the Chiefs pretty much shut them down for the vast majority of this contest. And that's really exciting. Chris Jones came back. He played well. Um, really gave Anton Harrison, their right tackle, a lot of trouble. But having said all those nice things, that offense still looks kind of bad. Yeah, the offense doesn't look great. Uh, it appears that Travis Kelsey was not the only missing link. And it appears that we're a year late on or they're a year late on all the things that we expected to be the problem last year, that somehow <laughs> Patrick Mahomes made a non-issue and Travis Kelsey made a non-issue is like I le legitimately thought that they were making a decision last year to like take a step back and not win the Super Bowl in order to set themselves up to to be a stronger team going forward by letting Tyreek Hill go away. Of course, they go and win the Super Bowl and, and we're all like, man, there's nothing that they can't do. And then they come into this season and so far we see that apparently maybe Eric Bieniemy was helpful to have around. Uh, it seems it's hard to pick out because uh, Andy Reid always gets all the credit there offensively as far as the mm -hmm. offensive mastermind. And he deserves it. He's done it at a bunch of different places over a bunch of different years with a bunch of different quarterbacks. However, there is something missing. And when you watch the game, it's hard to pick out exactly what it is because it's not like the scramble Patrick Mahomes big plays aren't there. Like he did that a couple times in the course of this game. It just feels like the consistency isn't there. It's a lot of screen game and quick stuff, which – they, the reason why they let Tyreek Hill go away, I thought, was so that they could fortify the offensive line. And if you're going to fortify mm -hmm. the offensive line, we don't need to do all this quick. Like, what are we doing this for? We got the tackles to protect, right? 
Those dudes did not play well in this game. They yeah. have not played well the first two weeks of the season. A lot of holding penalties, a lot of procedure penalties for those two tackles. To me, I, I think the thing that's missing, quite obviously, is the thing they really added last year on that run to the Super Bowl. They're not running the ball. And they're not running the ball in the way that you run the ball when you get light boxes, when you feel like you have the offensive line to physically overpower people, which they do, especially on the interior. They're not running straightforward runs. They had like the, the one counter in the second half of this game where Isaiah Pacheco went for a long run and it kind of felt like, okay, they landed on something. And then it didn't feel like they went back to it very much. It feels like when they do run, they want to run horizontal. They want to run jet sweeps. They want to do weird, like short yardage plays. And I'm guessing Eric Bieniemy would not let Andy Reid put in the playbook last year. Maybe I, I don't know, but it feels like they're being, they're, everything they do is to, to the flats. Everything they do is horizontal. They're not attacking a ton vertically and they're not attacking up up the gut, uh, you know, between the tackles. And I think that's what's missing from this offense right now. I never thought I'd see today. Bill Barnwell wants some, up, damn ball. Wants some up the Run gut the running. Up the gut running from our analytics guru. Uh, go ahead, Charlie. I mean, to be fair, though, pop quiz. Do you know who their two leading receivers were in this game? Uh, Sky Moore. Yep. And- Justin Watson. Oh, nailed it. Sky Moore and Justin Watson. And, like, are they ever going to get light boxes or are they just going to dare Justin Watson and Sky Moore to beat teams? Yeah, that's that's fair point. Uh, I don't know. Either way, I think you're right. Being able to run the ball and challenge them is important. But I, I think also the the hardest thing to measure as we try to measure everything in football is, like, the psychology of a team. Yep. And I do think mm-hmm. that it's difficult for a team like this that's been in contention every year for what five years now yeah it's exhausting Um, yeah Mm -hmm. like they're in the championship game at least if not the super bowl and they just got off it last year like it feels like there's a possibility for uh somewhat of an emotional letdown and kind of like well we'll be there when we need to so while last week they lost the game that they could have won this week they won a game that they could have lost and to me to some degree, that's kind of all that matters is you want to get them. They want to stay near the top of the conference and be healthy and playing at the best in the time when they get to the playoffs. And as long as this defense is playing well, if you're close, like that's the thing. Yeah. If you're close, the defense is good enough to keep them close. It's going to be hard for us to bet against Patrick Mahomes uh, at the end of games. Like we saw him do it in the playoffs last year against the same mm-hmm. Jaguars team and the Eagles the in the Super Bowl. In the Oakland Super Bowl. Do you think that Kadarius Tony might be like a tornado of chaos and maybe he's just too much trouble for this team? <laughs> it just feels like like they want to use him clearly. He has value. He's super talented, but just anything is possible when he touches the football. He could take the ball to the house on any given play. He can drop the ball. He can fumble it. Like there's no like solid, quiet gain for Kadarius Tony in a good way or a bad way. It's definitely a 14-point swing every time you give him the ball. It's like it could go either seven points either way. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's the price you have to pay. You have to cut corners somewhere, and you're going to be shopping in the bargain bin, and that's what you get in the bargain bin. Sometimes you yeah. get something that's lightly worn, and sometimes you get something that got some holes in it. So it's the, <laughs> so it's the what you got to do. I'm on fire with the analogies today. Do you, do you guys think – they need to add somebody before the trade deadline. You don't like my analogy? No, Bill, yes, because the sky's the limit for this team. Mm. Literally, Sky Moore is the limit for this team oh, right gosh. now. So, trade so how long have you been sitting on that one? Did that just come to no, you? You didn't hear me was... giggle like five minutes ago? Oh, that's why. you were thinking. I saw you giggle. I didn't know what you were giggling about. You're like, I can't wait to say nothing but say something. I love it. Now, now where do we go from here? You put us in this Sky Moore corner. Now what? Mm-hmm. Get us out of it, Charlie. Trading for a receiver at the deadline. Hollywood Brown. Team's trying to lose anyway. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe Hollywood Brown. I, I think I've said that for every team. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing, the fact of the matter is with the Chiefs is they're one of those teams that uh, you assume it's going to work out. Like you remember how yeah. we all felt about Clyde Edward Alaire, even though none of us thought that that was a smart draft pick at the time. We were like, he's still probably going to put up big numbers. Yeah, 175 yards. Everyone except, everyone except for Bill because Bill is. No, 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 no. No, that was like. Like people have talked them, like people were talking so to me, like an MVP candidate, right? Like, like I know that's like, like the number one fantasy player. That's my point. That's what I'm saying is that 
I don't know that there is an answer out there, but I do know that whoever the answer is, we're all going to be convinced like we were last year with Kadarius Tony, And he did end up having an impact in important games. Yeah. But, but he's not now. And so you no. don't, you can't perfectly time up when it's going to work out, but I know we all are going to believe, I know you were all hyped about Justin Ross this offseason. Yeah, I, was, I like, thought he was going to be good. Justin Ross Hell is going to yeah. be great. He is so great at Clemson. Now he's going to be with uh, Patrick Mahomes at some point. You're going to need some difference makers uh, on the outside, not just Travis Kelsey. You know how I feel about slots and tight ends acting like they're, you can build an offense around it. You can't. I don't believe it. Patrick you, Mahomes is an need anomaly. A, you need a Puka Nakua type if you oh, want to win gosh, the Super Bowl. you're trying to piss me off. He, you, you don't even know how I feel about, about – He knows exactly how you feel about it. Oh, he does? <laughs> oh, okay, good. No, I, let, let, let's, get, let's get your Puka feelings out there. Oh, no, it's nothing against Puka. It's just – it's honestly – it's, it's the, um, the Cooper Cup conversation that I've had with Charlie for a yeah. few years now is Cooper Cup was putting up big numbers, and I would not put him in my collection of, like, difference makers receivers and Charlie believes probably fairly that it's just my cornerback bias where it's like I care about the guys who are going to break my defense those guys are normally on the outside and it's not even about where you line up it's about someone who is going to break the defense not someone who's going to move the chains and that was my point about Cooper Cup is yes he's a great player to have he's an efficient player to have but he's not in the conversation with guys like Tyreek Hill like um, Chase and like Justin Jefferson and uh, uh, Garrett Wilson, like these guys who I'm like, okay, they may not have as many yards as him. They may not have many receptions as him. They may not convert as many first downs, but their mere presence causes me to rethink the defense that I'm going to play. Whereas Cooper Cup's presence is like, ah, oh, man, if we don't double Cooper Cup, he might get a first down and then we line up again. If we don't double Tyreek Hill, he might get six. That is the difference. And it's kind of being proven with Puka out there doing Cooper Cup things in a Cooper Cup situation. I I remember very vividly when I was listening to the Dominique Foxworth show podcast in my car and heard you deliver this take for the first time. I had to turn the podcast off. I was so angry at how wrong it was. Good. I I was like, I was like in Frederick, Maryland somewhere, (laughs) had to pull over. Turn the podcast off. Like, I think I had to stop listening to podcasts whatsoever. Like, I had to like put on music. I was so frustrated by by listening to this podcast. Uh, how hurts. wrong you were with that statement. I'm not wrong. I'm right. <laughs> okay. Well, that's us. I mean, it's 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 about the. I can't be wrong about my opinion. This is right after <laughs> right after Cooper Cup went down the field and yeah. won the Super Bowl. He made, he <laughs> he has the the capability. You know why he went down the field? Because they bracketed him. You know who you bracket? Players who aren't going to go down the field. He has the capability to do it. I'm not saying that he can't make big plays. I'm saying the offense, the way it was constructed, is not for Cooper Cup to do that, and it's not for us to be concerned about it. He moves the chains. He has value. I'm not saying he's not a good player. I'm not saying he can't go to Hall of Fame. I'm saying that he's a different type of receiver than a receiver that I would want to build an offense around or I would be concerned with. That's all. It's not. It's fair. Uh, Same thing with Amon uh, Ross St. Brown. Great player. Not a player that I think you can build around in that way. That's all. Dominique turning Cooper Cup into Julian Edelman has oh, to be no. uh, one of the most no. diminishing comments. No, he's he's high end Julian. All right, I'm not going to stand for this anymore. Oh, so is, so is, is Puka Nakua the second coming? He's, oh, yeah. he's, he's on pace for 298 <laughs> targets, which is 100 yes. more than Justin Jefferson had last the, year. The worst thing about sports debates is you always get in a situation when you disagree with someone where it feels like you're downplaying someone who actually is very right. good, very talented. It's Yeah, these a- guys are good. player Dominique Fox. These guys are good. These guys are talented. I'm just making the point that when we sit in a defensive meeting room on – Monday or on Wednesday, the conversation is about who going to run past us. That is the number one concern. And then when the when the um, defensive coordinator is calling first down, the reason why we are not in one or we're not in three or we're not blitzing is because they got somebody that's going to score if we leave them in man coverage too many times. That's all. That's all. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> So a much sadder topic of someone who I think we can all agree might not be that good. Um, we all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really 
Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Do you have any faith left in, in um, Justin Fields? Oof. Oh, that Ooh. sound. Yeah, you have to go first with that sound. Mm-hmm. No, Dominique, I, I went first last time. I, I think you can get everything I'm going to say from my, my oof. Please, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I have very little faith in Justin Fields yeah. at this point. Um, I do think that the board still isn't here, but we're going to get a board at some point, board of my great truisms. I still <laughs> I believe. I still believe that... It's not all on him, but I do think that it may be done for him there. So I think the Bears have mismanaged him, and they've made it very difficult for him to develop. It's hard to develop when you're not given the tools to develop and you're not giving the protection. And what I mean by that is not only the players around you, but it's the time. You have to have time, not time in the pocket, but time to get better. And if that's because you have a strong running attack uh, and you can lean on that. Or you have a great offensive line, so you're not going to get pressured. You can lean on that. Or you have a number one receiver that is always going to tilt the defense and give you easy coverage reads. You can lean on that. It's not a coincidence. A Puka type. Yeah, somebody like Puka who's going to break defenses. It's not a coincidence that all of our great quarterbacks in football have started in situations where it was not all on their shoulders. And so – uh, Justin Fields did not get a situation like that. And so he is where he is now. He has not gotten better. That's on him to some degree, so, but it's on the team that drafted him also. Leaving aside what we've actually seen from Justin Fields this year, just in a vacuum, if you were leaving the personnel aside, if you were going to build an offense that played to Justin Fields' strengths, what would that offense look like? Shane Steichen. Shane Steichen, right? So a lot of quarterback run game. Yeah. What kind of throws do you want to see from Justin Fields? Like, what kind what kind of passing attack do you want to build? I mean, if I remember correctly, his downfield stuff was always the best of, mm-hmm. of his ability. That's what we saw in college. We saw him have mm-hmm. good intermediate passing numbers, I believe, last year. Mm-hmm. That sort of stuff, the more aggressive stuff. And also with a guy like that who's um, – not consistently accurate, asking him to like dink and dunk his way down the field is mm-hmm. asking a bit much. You want to get big chunks with him so you don't ask him to be a precision mm-hmm. guy all the way down the field. So quarterback run game, intermediate deep passing attack, get your big shots, maybe some play action, some boot, give him the opportunity to get, you know, go on the move, threaten teams with his legs, but also hit throws where he has bigger windows to hit. All of that makes total sense to me. Can I tell you what the Bears are actually running on offense? Please. They have the shortest average pass Ugh. of any team in the National Football League. Five yards, average air yards per throw. Their expected completion percentage is 71%. That's the best in the NFL. Their actual completion percentage is 61%. That gap is the worst in the National Football League. And Justin Fields has run a total, a total of four designed runs through the first two weeks of the season, one of which was a sneak. And it was a failed state in week one. So really three designed runs in, in the context of the offense through two weeks. This is not like Justin Fields was dropped into this offense in week one and they had to figure stuff out on the fly. This isn't like they were planning to build the offense for Mitch Trubisky or somebody else and Justin Fields became the starter earlier than they expected. They had two years to build this offense to Justin Fields' strength with this offensive coordinator, with much, not all, but much of this personnel. And it looks nothing like the offense you would construct for Justin Fields. It looks like an offense built for, like, you know, Kansas City Alex Smith. It looks like an offense constructed for Andy Dalton. It is not an offense playing to Justin Fields' strength. I don't want to talk about this anymore. This is sad. We're having such a good time, and now it's sad. Can we talk about something else? Is there anything else to talk about? Are we done? (laughs) That's it. We can't end on that note. We need a happier note to end on. Do you want to tell Bill what it was like watching the Hail Mary? Oh, my gosh. gosh. So uh, we're in D.C., and a room full of producers. I think three of them are – 
um, Washington fans. And mm -hmm. I will have you know that two of the Washington fans, one of them is old enough to remember when Washington was good. And she was broken by the uh, the Hail Mary being broken, caught. broken she by the not, Hail Mary. She does being not caught. swear. And she swore. Yeah. The oh, other no. two are 30 somethings. Who, one of them is me. Who, yeah. One of them is Charlie, <laughs> who've never seen them be good. And when the Hail Mary was caught, they began maniacally cackling and high fiving each other. And I was like, what is this? What is this? They were high fiving because they called it. They were like, this is what always happens to us. <laughs> we stink. Yay. High five. And I just never seen anything sadder in, in, in my the life. Face of the man who opposes tanking oh. we, we <laughs> laughed and high-fived that way man. and it was a pavlovian response you see failure we laugh speaking mm. of my tanking takes I've, I've called two teams for their tanking and both of them seem to be much better than we expected so maybe i what, don't know what i'm talking what's about what's the cardinals game today like the ultimate like the best possible performance by a tanking team yeah. Where you go up by like three scores, you look great, looks like you're dominating, and you still manage to lose. Like I felt like that was you gave the best possible accounting of yourself while you still lost and kept tanking. It undercuts one of my chief tanking arguments is that you have an obligation to the rest of the league when there is no relegation. You have an obligation to put a competitive team out there so that the games are entertaining and competitive games. They've managed to have two of them. And I am wrong again. Oh well. At least I look good. You know, who, who do they play next week? Um, I don't know. Cowboys. Ooh, yes. Cowboys are about to be 100 to 10 after next week. You, and they're, you, they're margin. You, you couldn't see Dak and Mike McCarthy blowing a game to the Cardinals? <sighs> Dak would you never do that. that happening? <laughs> no, not to the Cardinals. That, they only lose the, in important games against the 49ers and Aaron Rodgers. They lost to the Sam Darnold Jets a couple of years ago, right? In the playoffs? No, in the regular season. Oh, yeah, important games. Yeah, I'm talking about important playoff games. Anyway, this was awesome. So much fun. Thank you very much, Bill Barnwell. You made this magical, as you always do. Shout out, Allstate. Good hands. Get your hands up. Yeah, we definitely got to get somebody um, doing this dance. The problem is then Allstate gets all the credit. We don't get credit for creating it. We got to find a way to move, put the Dominique Foxworth show in it also. Whatever you, you guys gotta, gotta edit this out. You, 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 you gotta do the the, the handstands while screaming. Dominique Foxworth show. Yes. Dominique Foxworth show. Yes. Oh, you, now you got to figure it out. All right. Thanks again, Bill. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you to all of our wonderful producers. Megan, the one true Washington Commanders fan. Kevin, Brian, Ethan, Serafina, Rob, Shannon, Podville. I love you. We're out. Who'd I miss? Nobody. Thanks for watching the Dominique Foxworth Show presented by Allstate. Good That's job. what you missed. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.